السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والعاقبة للمتقين ولا عدوان إلا على الظالمين وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له إله الأولين والآخرين وأشهد أن نبينا محمد عبده ورسوله المصطفى, المصطفى الأمين اللهم صل وسلم وبارك لعبدك ورسولك محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ما بعد Welcome to another class with QP um, and inshallah ta'ala today we're going to continue with our tafsir of Surah Al-Inshiqaq uh, but before we begin I just wanted to say a few words um, I think probably many of you or most of you are aware but for those of you that aren't uh, a couple of days ago our brother Shazad uh, who's one of the core team members, one of the main people behind QP, LP, PG. Uh, his father passed away, rahimahullah ta'ala, barahmati wasi'ah. And we ask Allah Azza wa Jal that he showers his forgiveness and mercy upon him and all of our parents that have passed away and all of our elders and loved ones and our teachers that have passed away. We ask Allah Azza wa Jal that he grants them all the highest levels of Jannah that Allah Azza wa Jal illuminates their graves and makes it expansive and spacious for them and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes their graves a garden from the gardens of paradise and that Allah azza wa saves them from the trials and the punishments of the grave and the punishment of the fire uh, no doubt the loss of anyone that, that is close to you is a trial from the trials of the dunya and especially when that person happens to be someone like a parent or someone like a child or someone like a spouse the people that are closest to you, the people that you have, uh, you have the, the, the closest connection to, that is a major trial, and that is why Allah Subhanahu wa Taala in the Quran, when He speaks about the major tests, He says, and we will surely test you with hunger and with fear, and with the loss of wealth and a loss of family, a loss of life, and a loss of provision." And then Allah Azza wa Jal extols the virtues of those who are patient during those most difficult and challenging times. Wabashir al-Sabirin, glad tidings to those who are patient. And then Allah Azza wa Jal describes their patience and He says, الَّذِينَ إِذَا أَصَابَتْهُمْ مُصِيبَةٌ Those who when calamity strikes them, قَالُوا إِنَّا لِلَّهِ وَإِنَّا إِلَيْهِ رَاجِعُونَ They say to Allah, we belong to Him, we shall return. أُولَٰئِكَ عَلَيْهِمْ then Allah speaks about the, the, the reward of their patience during that calamity. And that is that Allah Azza wa says that upon them will be Allah's salutations and upon them will be Allah's mercy. And they are the truly guided. And that is because Allah Azza wa our creator, our Lord, our sustainer, knows us better than anyone. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows and recognizes the loss that a person feels and experiences when someone very close to them passes away. Allah Azza wa knows this. And that is why when the Prophet lost some of those people that were very close to him, like his cousin Ja'far ibn Abi Talib, like the companion Uthman ibn Mad'un, like his uncle Hamza ibn Abdul Muttalib, like his uh, son Ibrahim, like his wife Khadija radiyallahu anhu ajma'in, when he lost some of those individuals, at times the Prophet ﷺ would cry, would bring tears to his eyes. And the Prophet ﷺ would describe that as being merciful. But he also told us ﷺ at the same time how to be content and pleased with what Allah has decreed. 
And that is because from that which Allah Azza wa has decreed is that this dunya is temporal. It's temporal. No one that lives in the dunya has eternity. No one that lives in the dunya will live forever. Every person, Allah Azza wa decreed for them as the Prophet told us Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in that famous hadith, the Prophet said Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that when the child is still in the womb of the mother, after the passing of four months, 120 days, the angel comes and he asks Allah Azza wa concerning a number of things that should be written. And some hadith say that it is commanded. Other narrations say that he asks. But the questions are the same, whether he asks, the angel asks, or whether Allah Azza wa commands. And from those things that are asked or that it is commanded to write down is the ajal, the longevity of that person or the time span, the lifespan of the individual. And so that's something which has already been decreed and determined for each and every single one of us. But none of us know when that time will come and where that place will be that we will draw our final breath. But that's something which has been written. And so that is the law of Allah Azza wa It is from the, 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 that which Allah Azza wa has decreed upon all of humankind. That anyone that is born must surely die. And there are a number of verses in the Quran, a number of hadith to that effect. And it's something which we know anyway, just from our life experience. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed that. And so to lose someone very close to you is extremely difficult. But we also are pleased or we are content with that which Allah has decreed because we know that the dunya therefore is temporary. And just as those before us left, those who are still here will also pass away and leave. And that is why the Prophet وسلم, when he would visit the graveyard, his dua is actually very interesting. Because the Prophet وسلم, for that which he would say to them or say as he was greeting the inhabitants of the graveyard, وَإِنَّا إِنْشَاءَ اللَّهُ بِكُمْ لَاحِقُونَ and inshallah we will soon meet you. And that is an acknowledgement of the living that these people have just preceded us by a matter of months or maybe years. But even so, even if it is a number of years or a number of decades in the lifespan of the dunya, it is still relatively short. It is like the blink of an eye. And so the Sharia gives us a number of these texts in the Quran, in the Sunnah, in the way that the believer should behave. And that is because we know that it's something which is inevitable to come upon each and every single one of us. And so just as today is someone's father, yesterday it was someone else's, and tomorrow it will be someone else's. Everyone has their time and their place that has been decreed and written for them. And so also therefore, from that which is important for us to do when we come across um, news like this from someone that we know, someone that we that we're familiar with, and I had the opportunity to travel with uh, Shazad's parents a number of years ago when they made Hajj. They came on the same group that I was, I was with, uh, and we made Hajj together. And this was before COVID, like a number of years back now. So I had the opportunity to meet them, and I, I didn't know them very well, but I had the opportunity to make that journey. And the Hajj journey is one of those journeys that allows you to know people, and it allows you to travel with people, and it allows you to, to, uh, to have certain. Uh, you know, you, you kind of have an understanding of certain people. And so Allah Azza gave me the opportunity to travel with them. And and Shaz is someone who's very, uh, may Allah Azza bless him and, and help him and his family and give them patience during this difficult time. May Allah Azza increase their reward. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make them good successes for those that preceded them. Because one of the most important things that you can do in terms of once those people, especially your parents, leave the dunya from the greatest bir, from the greatest piety, and from the greatest righteousness and the greatest respect and honor that you can show to them is by doing more good deeds and by doing more
that is beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because we know that those deeds they will go to the inshallah ta'ala the the scales of our parents as well as the Prophet told us sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the hadith of the actions that survive will continue after a person passes away and from them is a sadaqah jariya and from them is waladun salihun yad'u lah that you have a righteous child that makes dua for you another narration the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that a person will come on yawm al-qiyamah and they will be presented with deeds that they recognize and then with other deeds that they don't recognize and so when they will ask oh Allah what are those deeds that we don't recognize Allah Azza wa Jal will tell them that these are the actions of your children and you have a share of that reward. And that in of itself should be enough of an incentive, enough of a motivation for people to do good that perchance Allah Azza wa Jal may bless our parents and may honor them in terms of the reward that he gives to them. And for many of us, our parents, they came from that generation where perhaps they didn't have a great deal of knowledge. Perhaps they didn't have the opportunity to learn as we can now learn to study the way that we study to know their religion the way that we know our religion. Many of our parents came from a background where there was a heavy emphasis on culture and tradition and those types of things that we we grow up in back home. And that's kind of like the practice of their religion that they continued then thereafter as well. But Allah gave us the ability and Allah gave us the opportunities. And from that is that which they did, like the sacrifices that they made that would allow us then to learn our religion and to do and to understand perhaps better than that which they understood. And so to make dua for them, to do good deeds, to, to give sadaq on their behalf, to make hajj and umrah for them, but just generally just to do good deeds. Uh, that Allah Azza wa gives them a share of that reward for everything good that you do. That's something which is which is important at this time. And so these... these uh, events or these these occasions when they take place they're extremely difficult they're extremely hard but at the same time there is a great deal of good in them as well and I ask Allah Azza wa Jal that he uh, that Allah Azza wa Jal grants Shaz's father uh, the, the reward of everything that, that Shazad does in terms of the work that he does the effort that he puts in uh, even today the fact that he changed the page and he had everything set up the janazah of his father was today, by the way, just in case uh, you're wondering. So it already took place. And so today was a very extremely busy day for him. Uh, but he still took out the time to just make sure everything was ready. You know, he sent me a message saying that if, if you need help, you need something, just call me. I'm just a phone call away. That's not an easy thing to do, especially at a time like this. It is extremely difficult. So to have that level of fortitude, to have that level of patience, to have that determination, even in the most difficult of times, that's not something which is easy. But I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that rewards him and that he increases his good and that Allah Azza makes us all a means of 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 sadaqah jariyah for our parents. From the most beautiful verses of the Quran in this regard is the verse that Allah Azza mentions in Surah At-Tur, in which Allah Azza wa says, وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَاتَّبَعَتْهُمْ ذُرِّيَّتُهُمْ بِإِيمَانِ أَلْحَقْنَا بِهِمْ ذُرِّيَّتَهُمْ وَمَا أَلَتْنَاهُمْ مِنْ عَمَلِهِمْ مِنْ شَيْءٍ those who believe in their progeny or their descendants, their children, follow them in Iman, Allah says we will join them with their dhurriyah, with their children. And the other qira'ah, dhurriyatihim. The plural is used, meaning not just your children, but all of your descendants, grandchildren, others. We will reunite you in the gardens of Jannah. And so that in itself is something which, which we should be, uh, we should take some solace and contentment in that our sharia, our beautiful religion, and the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his forgiveness shows us that the parting of the dunya is only but a temporary parting. 
So no matter how difficult, no matter how painful, no matter how, how challenging that time can be for the believer, they know ultimately that it is only a temporary parting. But ultimately, they will reunite. Just like someone that, that travels away from you or goes away from you and you don't see for many, many years, you don't see for many, many decades, you don't see them for a great deal of time and then you reunite with them. You see them once again. That is something which Allah Azza wa Jal has promised the believers in Jannah, that they will be reunited in that way. And so we should take solace and contentment from that because that is something which Allah Azza wa Jal has promised and the promises of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are always true. And that is why you see the companions and others at the time of their death, they would hold on to that, that feeling or that understanding. And they would say, as some of them said, They used to say, tomorrow we will meet our beloved Muhammad and his companions. And so that's something which, which you will find in numerous, numerous narrations. You will find that. Like in the narration of Uthman radiallahu anhu at the time of his death, because as we know, he was assassinated during his khilafah. And he was, uh, for a number of days, put under house arrest. And food and drink were prevented from him. So he would fast to the extent that no water was given to him. So it is said in some narrations in his biography that he would start his fast by intention and break his fast by intention. On the day that he was finally killed, it is said that during the night he saw a dream in which he saw the Prophet before him and Abu Bakr and Umar radiallahu anhumah and they asked him concerning his situation and he said, O Messenger of Allah, I fast my, with my intention, I break my fast with my intention, meaning that I don't even have, I don't even possess a drop of water by which I can make suhoor or a drop of water with which I can make iftar. I start my fast with intention, break my fast with intention. And the Prophet said to him, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, don't worry, today, you will break your fast with us. And so there's a number of a hadith in that, in, in this regard and with this meaning. And so the believer knows that this is the this is the reality. This is how it's going to be. And Allah Azza wa will reunite the people of Iman together. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also, uh, it's important always to acknowledge that we have brothers and sisters that are new Muslims. You know, for them, this is even more difficult perhaps hearing this because they have the added difficulty of hearing that there are people who uh, you know that their loved ones are perhaps not Muslim or some of them are and some of them aren't and so it's also something which we should do to ask Allah Azza wa Jalla that he that he guides people to Islam and that he keeps them firm upon Islam and that he gives those of us who who's our parents and our loved ones have yet to accept Islam that Allah Azza wa Jalla guides them and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows them or gives them the ability to accept this religion and so that's something which is a reminder for all of us and especially when it's someone, I think that it's important just to you know to acknowledge, especially when it's people that are that are you know in the background perhaps, but they're very pivotal and important too, to what we are able to achieve together and what we're able to do, <clears throat> and all of the lessons that take place, all of the classes that take place, all of the notes that are done, all of the uh, the podcasts that, that that come out of these lessons, all of this like Shazad is one of the main people, if not the main person behind it. Uh, and I know the, the amount of time and effort it takes from him. And uh, so all of this, inshallah ta'ala, this reward is something which inshallah ta'ala he will also benefit from. And this is why it's also very important to have sincerity in everything that we do. Because it would be a shame after all of this effort and time and perseverance and everything that we do, this determination, 
that none of these actions are accepted because of a lack of sincerity. And so we ask Allah Azza wa Jalla that He also gives us sincerity. This weekend, inshallah ta'ala, in my masjid, our next Isnad course, which will take place this weekend, will be on this topic of worship and sincerity and yaqeen. And we will take, inshallah, a number of books because it's extremely important. All of the knowledge that you learn, all of the actions that you perform, all of the projects that you're part of, all of the good that you do in terms of seeking knowledge and learning knowledge and sharing knowledge, if it's devoid of that in uh, that sincerity which is integral, your actions are conditioned or they are conditional or the acceptance is conditional to or upon that sincerity. Having a lack of sincerity or no sincerity or a problem with that sincerity is also therefore problematic. And so it's also a good reminder for us to to uh, to visit our, or revisit our intentions, make sure that we have sincerity inshallah ta'ala for everything that we do because as I said it would be a shame that a person would come on Yawm Al-Qiyamah and none of those deeds are accepted and Allah Azza wa doesn't accept that from, from us because of the lack of sincerity that we had and that we're told to seek that reward from those for whose sake we did these actions and from that which the Salaf used to say is that even the person who does an act of worship in secret but they hope that someone will pass by, someone will come upon them, someone will happen to just know that they were doing it, you know, just they just because sometimes people we do that. We we have acts of worship that we perform and we're alone and no one can see. But we in the back of our minds, maybe someone will pass by. Maybe will someone will look upon me. Maybe someone will overhear me. And that is also from Shaytan. It's also one of the ways that he corrupts our intention or he lessens our sincerity. There are many examples of this that you will find in Shalatana. Uh, this weekend we will see a number of, of statements of the Salaf and a number of, of, of uh, narrations in this regard, a number of principles that are mentioned in this way. So anyway, I just wanted to give that brief reminder um, and uh, for those of you that went to and for those of you that were aware that you make dua for, for Shazad's father, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy upon him and forgive him. May Allah azza wa jal increase him in his station and in his reward. May Allah Azza wa Jal forgive him for any shortcomings and sins. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow the good that he, that, he, that he did in the dunya, may Allah Azza wa Jal allow it to continue to benefit him in the akhirah. So, inshallah ta'ala, today we're going to begin with the actual tafsir of Surah Al-Shiqaq. And just a brief recap of what we did last week where we went to, into an introduction of this surah. And uh, we mentioned, for example, that the surah is known by five names. It is known as Surah Al-Inshiqaq. It is known as Surah Al-Sama'un Shaqqat. It is known as Surah Al-Shaqqat. It is known as Surah Al-Shafaq. And it is known as Surah Kadh. These are five names by which it is known. And the most famous out of those five are the first two, Al-Inshiqaq and Al-Sama'un Shaqqat, which is the first verse of the Surah. Those are the two most well-known famous names by which it is known. And then the other three are mentioned here and there in some of the books of Tafsir or some of the books of of the sciences of the Quran, but those are like less well-known names by which they're referred. But the first two, that's the majority of the books of Tafsir and Hadith, the books of the Sunnah and so on. That's what you will find the Surah being referred to. Surah Al-Inshiqaq, Surah Ida Sama'un Shaqat. And we mentioned uh, last week also a number of narrations, uh, like for example the narration of Abu Hurairah, that he would recite Surah Al-Inshiqaq, or Surah as it's called in the narration, Ida Sama'un Shaqat, and he would make sajda therein because there's a sajda in this surah, a sajda of tilawah, a sajda of recitation. And 
he would make sajda therein and then he would say that I saw the Prophet do something similar. And he, in those narrations, uh, this surah is always referred to as surah إِذَا السَّمَاءٌ شَقَّتْ إِذَا السَّمَاءٌ شَقَّتْ And as we said, this was very common amongst the early generations, the salaf, the companions, the tabi'een and so on. Very, very common that the surah is named after the first verse or a portion of the first verse because sometimes the first verse can be extremely long. And so therefore that's something which is very common. You will find in many of the narrations of tafsir in the early classical books of tafsir and hadith and Roman Quran, sciences of the Quran and so on. We also mentioned that this surah by ijma' by consensus and agreement is a Makki surah. Uh, and, and there's no difference of opinion. All of the scholars of tafsir agree that this is a Makki surah. And a number of them such as Al-Qurtubi and Ibn Atiyah and Al-Shawkani and others actually said explicitly that by agreement and consensus of the scholars of Quran, this surah is a Mecchi surah. And then we said that this surah consists of 25 verses. So inshallah ta'ala today we begin with verse number one. And Allah Azza wa Jal says, أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ بِسْمِ اللَّهِ الرَّحْمَنِ الرَّحِيمِ إِذَا السَّمَاءُ شَقَّتْ Allah Azza wa says, when the sky is ripped apart. And then that's the translation of Professor Abdul Harim, Sahih International, when the sky has split open. Mufti Taqi, when the sky was split apart. And Muhsin Khan, when the heaven is split asunder. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala begins this surah by saying, إِذَا السَّمَاءُ شَقَّتْ The إِذَا here at the beginning, which in the Arabic language means when. Either as in when. Uh, one of the things that you will find is some of the scholars of the Arabic language, in, in, in the Arabic language when it came when it comes to this verse in the Quran, there is a discussion among some of them as to whether this verse, because the verse we would call this verse a verse of khabar, right? A verse of, of information, if you like, or a verse that is a statement. So it's not a, a, a um, it's not a, an oath that is being taken. Like for example, Wal-Fajr, Wal-Sama'i Buruj, the last surah that we took, Wal-Sama'i Wal-Tariq, Wal-Asr. These are verses of oaths, as we mentioned. The Waw at the beginning is called Waw Al-Qasim. Here Allah Azza is giving you a statement. He's telling you of something that's going to take place in the future on Yawm Al-Qiyamah. Either Sama'un Shaqqat, when the sky is ripped apart, that is the either. However, among some of the scholars of the Arabic language, they say that this either can also be used as an oath. So even though the statement doesn't use the word oath, doesn't have the wawul qasim, doesn't have anything or any of the, the, the normal wording that would denote that it is an oath that is being taken. However, sometimes a, a, a word or a statement is used, but what it means is that there is an oath there. There is an oath. It's as if Allah is saying, by the sky as it is ripped apart or as it is rent asunder or as it is split open. It's as if Allah is taking an oath by it. And that's why you will find in some of the books of Tafsir, like Al-Qurtubi mentions this, Ibn Atiyah and others, they mention what is the Jawab Al-Qasim, right? What is the Jawab Al-Qasim of this Surah? Because obviously if there's a Qasim, as we've now established a number of times, if there's going to be an oath, there has to be the reason for which the oath has been taken. You say, by Allah, and then you say, I'm going to do such and such. That's the reason for which you took the oath. So what is therefore the reason for which Allah Azza wa took this oath? That's something which we will see inshallah ta'ala uh, perhaps in a future lesson when we come to the relevant verse in which some of the scholars said 
that this is actually what the oath is taken for. Um, but I just wanted to mention that here just so that we, we can understand when we come to that verse why that's the case. So this surah isn't usually the way that a, a surah begins with a qasim, with an oath, because normally the surahs in the Quran that do that, they do it with a wow. They do that with a wow. Uh, as, as we mentioned, that's the way that is usually done in the Arabic language and usually done in the Book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as well. However, sometimes the qasim is hidden, right? It's not a it's not an explicit qasim, an oath that's taken, it's an implicit one that is being mentioned within the verse. And that was the position of some of the scholars of the Arabic language. But because it's going to come up at some point in the surah, something which I just wanted to bring out there because it relates there for to the first verse, even though the Jawab al Qasim they say comes later on, and, and there is a difference of opinion, even amongst them, those scholars that said that this verse is like a qasim, it's like an oath, they differed as to where the jawab al-qasim is. For what reason, or for which reason was Allah Azza wa making or taking this oath? If it is an oath, what is the reason for which Allah took the oath? Where's the jawab al-qasim? They differ amongst themselves concerning this, as often is the case even when the, when the qasim is explicit, as we mentioned before, even when it's explicit, they differ. What's the reason for which Allah Azza wa took the oath? And so this is an example or the similar also in this case. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is referring to as Ibn Kathir rahimahullah ta'ala and, and all of the scholars with tafsir mentioned that this is referring to the beginning of Yawm Al-Qiyamah. And we know that when Allah Azza wa decrees that the hour will, 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 will strike, Yawm Al-Qiyamah will be that Allah Azza wa will change everything that we are familiar with in terms of the universe, in terms of the heavens and the earth and the mountains and the oceans, all of this will change. And this will be will be described in even more detail, inshallah, as we go on now into the in, into the surahs that we come into uh, shortly, uh, Surah Al-Fitar, Surah Al-Takweer, these types of surahs in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refers to how everything will change and how drastically it will change when the hour strikes, when Yawm Al-Qiyamah strikes. And this is interesting because you see in the Quran, therefore, two ways in which these major signs, or two predominant ways in which these major signs of Allah of His creation are mentioned. So the heavens, the earth, the sun, the moon, the stars, the, the mountains, the oceans, the rivers, these are the major signs of Allah in His creation that are that are visible to the naked eye. When you see these signs of Allah or these creations of Allah mentioned in the Quran, they're mentioned in two primary contexts. The first of them is as a sign of Allah's existence in the dunya. Allah is the creator of the heavens, Allah is the creator of the earth, Allah is the creator of the sun, the moon, the stars, the oceans, the mountains, the rivers, and therefore he is the one worthy of worship alone subhanahu wa ta'ala. They are signs of the, of the existence of Allah and his power and his ability and his lordship subhanahu wa ta'ala and therefore his right to be worshipped alone jalla fi ula. And the second context is what you will now see in these surahs as we inshallah ta'ala progress through the remainder of juz amma and so on. And that is that Allah refers to them and, and this is also from Allah's power over them, His ability, His Lordship over them, how they will change drastically on that day that is Yawm Al-Qiyamah. And so we know that the heavens will be opened, rent asunder, meaning split open. We know, for example, that the sun and the moon will be eclipsed. We know that the stars will fall and scatter. We know that the mountains will be placed into crumbled dust. We know that the oceans and the rivers and the seas will be will burn ablaze. 
We know all of these different things that will take place in the dunya and the earth itself will change to a different type of earth. On the day that the earth becomes another earth and likewise the heavens. And so everything changes in the way that we are familiar with, the way everything is now that changes. And that's the second major context that you will find that Allah refers to these things as, as a general, uh, if you like, as a general category category of these of these signs of the universe this is the second way in which it is, it is mentioned and both of these show the power of Allah Azza wa Jal that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just as he made now the sun as something which benefits you in a certain way the heavens to benefit you in a certain way the mountains to benefit you in a certain way then on that day Allah has the ability and the power subhanahu wa ta'ala and it is easy for him Jalla fi that Allah Azza wa Jal changes all of that and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala replaces all of that in a way that he determines and in a way that he wills subhanahu wa ta'ala. So just as the recreation or the resurrection of mankind, that resurrection will change mankind in terms of the way that they are. Because we know in the next life, they will not experience death. That's different to the way that we live in the dunya. We know that on Yawm Al-Qiyamah, they will be able to bear things that no one would have the ability to bear or withstand in the dunya. You can't stand on a day that's 50,000 years long in the dunya. You can't live for that long in the dunya. You can't bear or withstand the sun coming so close to you that you're sweating so profusely that some people are nearly going to be choking in their own sweat, drowning in their own sweat. That's not something which you can bear in the dunya. And so just as Allah will resurrect mankind and that resurrection will also have within them qualities or things that will be different to the way that they lived and experienced things in the dunya, then likewise Allah Azza wa will do the same with other creations on Yawm Al-Qiyamah, other creations on the Day of, of Judgment, as Allah Azza wa teases and as He wills. And so Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala is speaking here in verse number one about Yawm Al-Qiyamah, about that day. And in the hadith of the Prophet SallAllahu Alaihi Wasallam, or in some narrations uh, in the hadith of the um, of of when the Prophet ﷺ was referring to his himself becoming old, like in the hadith of Shayyibatni Hud wa Khawatuha, Surah Hud, and these other types of surahs, they have made me grow old. This is in the, in the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, and there is a, a difference of opinion over some of the narrations and their authenticity or how strong or weak they may be. But the narration says that Abu Bakr saw the Prophet ﷺ with some white in his beard and in his hair. And so he said to him, Shayyabta ya Rasulullah, O Messenger of Allah, you've become old, meaning that we can see white in you now. And the Prophet said, Shayyabatni hudun wa akhawatuha. It is Surah Hud and similar surahs that have made me grow old. And in other narrations, the Prophet mentioned what those other surahs were. And in some of those narrations, if I'm not mistaken, he mentions al waqia and he mentions al takweer. And I think he also, in some of those narrations, mentions al inshiqaq. But these types of surahs, either way, are surahs that, that speak about Yawm Al-Qiyamah. And they speak about the, um, and some of the scholars uh, used to say that if you want to understand Yawm Al-Qiyamah, or you want to know about Yawm Al-Qiyamah, these are the types of surahs that you need to read. Read in Shiqaq, read Takweer, read Waqi'ah, read Al-Haqa, read these surahs in the Quran, in which Allah Azza wa goes to explicit detail concerning what Yawm Al-Qiyamah will be like either the changes that will take place or the accounting that will take place or the reward and punishment that will take place on that day. So these surahs go into a lot of detail concerning the way that it is. And Allah Azza wa shows within them 
subhanahu wa ta'ala, his power, his ability, his control of the universe, how he is the master of all of creation and the master of that day, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in Surah Al-Fatiha, Maliki Yawmiddin, the owner of the day of judgment, who Maliki Yawmiddin and the king of the day of judgment. And Allah Azza wa will do as he pleases on that day. So from that which will take place when the when when the hour strikes is how the heavens and the earth will change also. And all of these things will signify that the period of this existence, which is the dunya, has come to an end. What we call the dunya, this existence, because we know that there are three stages. We have the dunya, the life of the dunya, the life of the barzakh, which is the grave, and then we have the life of the akhirah. These are the three stages. With the coming of Yawm Al-Qiyamah, that first stage is over. And with the coming of the resurrection, then that second stage is also over because Allah Azza wa will resurrect everyone and they will be made to stand from their graves as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions here وَأَلْقَتْ مَا فِيهَا وَتَخَلَّتْ right? And we will mention like some of the, the different statements of the Salaf concerning what that refers to but when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that Allah Azza wa Jal or that the earth will throw out everything that was that is within it cast out everything within it and so that stage also therefore comes to an end so here Allah Azza wa is referring to the beginning of that, the beginning of that process, which is when the hour strikes. So when that trumpet is blown, a number of things will take place. And this is how everything will change. So from those things that will take place is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions here, and that is, إِذَا السَّمَاءُ شَقَّتْ When the sky is ripped apart, al-inshiqaq, right? That's where the word al-inshiqaq comes from. Ali radiallahu an, he said, that the earth or the, or the heavens rather will be ripped apart because of al-majarrah. And we will mention what that means uh, in a statement of Imam al-Qurtubi in a short while. And Imam al-Tabari, rahimahullah ta'ala, he said that when the sky it will be ripped apart and opened up and it will be made into gates. It will be made into gates, it will be made into doors or pathways or gateways as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions as we will come on to inshallah ta'ala when we come on to surah Naba right Allah azza wa jal speaks about the heavens opening up into gates فَكَانَتْ abwaba. they will be like gates or they will be like doorways the scholars of tafsir they mention why or with what is going to be rent asunder with what is going to be split apart the heavens that is, uh, as Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah ta'ala, he says that one of those positions is that it will be rent asunder by the ghamam. And the ghamam are like the clouds that will take place, as Allah Azza wa mentions on, uh, in the Quran, that the angels will come, fi min al-ghamam, or that Allah Azza wa will come on yawm al-qiyamah, fi min al-ghamam. He will come in these white clouds. So it is that the signal is signaling of, of, of Yawm Al-Qiyamah signals for the white clouds to come and the white clouds because of them the earth will break or, or the heavens rather will break apart it will be ripped apart and, and, and rent asunder it will split open and that's where they will come and because there are a number of clouds they will become like gates or like doorways as is mentioned elsewhere in the Quran and it is said that this was a position of or one of the narrations anyway that's reported from Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhumah as reported, as we said from Ali radiallahu an, that it's al-majarrah, 
that is going to be rent asunder by this majarra. And majarra, they say, is the, the gate of the heavens, that it will be opened up. So the heavens will be opened up, and therefore everything that Allah Azza wa Jal allows for it to take place or allows for it to descend therein, it will descend from therein. And that's why Allah Azza wa Jal, Muhammad Al-Amin Al-Shanqiti said that some of the scholars said that it will be rent asunder out of fear of Allah or out of, out of reverence for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because Allah Azza wa Jal will come on Yawm Al-Qiyamah as Allah Azza wa Jal mentions in a number of, of the verses in the Quran هَلْ يَنْظُرُونَ إِلَّا أَنْ يَأْتِيَهُمُ اللَّهُ فِي ظُلَلٍ مِنَ الْغَمَامِ وَالْمَلَائِكَةُ وَقُضِيَ الْأَمْرِ as Allah Azza wa Jal says do they wait for that day that Allah will come in these clouds and the angels will come alongside him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So some of the scholars said it is because of that reverence of Allah, that fear of Allah Azza wa Jal, min Allah, that it will open up. Another said it is because of the coming of the angels. As Allah Azza wa Jal mentions elsewhere in the Quran, وَيَوْمَ تَشَقَّقُ السَّمَاءُ بِالْغَمَامِ وَنُزِّلَ الْمَلَائِكَةُ تَنْزِيلًا On the day that the earth or the heavens rather will be ripped apart by the ghamam, by these clouds, and the angels will continue to descend. And that is because the angels will descend to the earth to do as Allah Azza wa Jal commanded and to do as Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala has ordered them to do. And so therefore some of the scholars said that this is the reason for which it will be rent asunder and then they become like, like gates or doorways for which these angels can then descend because as we know the angels vast are vast in number, greatly outnumber humankind. And so therefore it's opened up for them so that they can come in their many, many number as Allah Azza wa Jal commands them, commands them to come. And similarly Allah Azza wa Jal says in, verse, in, in, in a verse in Surah Qaf, يَوْمَ تَشَقَّقُ الْأَرْضُ عَنْهُمْ سِرَاعًا On the day that the earth will also be opened up in a very quick way. And that is because of the, the speed by which the angels will come and they will descend on that day. So these are the three things that you often find in the books of Tafsir concerning why the, the sky will be ripped open on Yawm Al-Qiyamah, either out of fear of Allah Azza wa Jal, and no doubt all of this is by the command of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala. Allah Azza wa Jal will give that command and it will do so. Or it's because of the ghamam, those white clouds that will come, or because of the descent of the angels, because of the descent of the angels that the sky will be opened up in that way. One of the things that you will find in the Quran is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the coming of the or, or the opening up of the of the uh, the sky in a different in a number of different ways. So this ripping up of the heavens is mentioned in a number of different ways. So the word in shiqaq is used. The word in shiqaq is used. Likewise, in fitar is used. As we will see in Surah Al-Infitar, Allah Azza wa Jalla says, إِذَا السَّمَاءٌ فَطَرَتْ Al-Infitar is also used. Likewise, the word furja is used. وَإِذَا السَّمَاءُ فُرِجَتْ As Allah mentions in Surah Al-Mursalat. وَإِذَا السَّمَاءُ فُرِجَتْ So Allah Azza wa Jal mentions this in a number of ways. And the scholars of Arabic language, they have this discussion as to as to what it's referring to. What is the difference between infitar, inshiqaq, and furja? إِذَا السَّمَاءُ شَقَّتْ إِذَا السَّمَاءُ فَطَرَتْ وَإِذَا السَّمَاءُ فُرِجَتْ What is the difference between them? And usually what you will find in the books of tafsir, 
uh, as is very common, like making tafsir of the Quran with the Quran, you will often find in the classical works of tafsir, is that you will say it in shiqaq, in shaq, in shaqat, yani in fajarat. Furijat, yani in shaqat. Like they use the different words that Allah mentions in the Quran to make tafsir of other words in the Quran because the meanings are similar. All of them end up in the same meaning, and that is that the skies will be ripped apart, they will be opened up. However, there's a difference between these three different words. So you will find, for example, some of them say that the furja, the sama'u furja, the verse in Surah Al-Mursarat, is the beginning of the opening, because the word furja means a small opening. And that's why even today when you say something has a furja, it means a small opening. So if you, for example, even in, in ghunna, for example, in, in just in tajweed, just to give an example, when you make a ghunna, but you leave your lips apart, that is called furja. You have a small gap in your, in your ghunna and you don't have your lips together pressed tightly, that is called, that small gap, that is called furja. So furja is a small opening. So some of the scholars said that that's what that's referring to, it's referring to the beginning of that. And then the infitar and inshiqaq is the wide ripping, or the opening up wide, the ripping up of the heavens. And then they even differed. Some of them said, uh, for example, that inshiqaq is the, is the ripping open in a horizontal way as if by width it's being ripped open. Whereas infitar, the sama'an fatarat, is the ripping open in any direction. And so it seems that some of the scholars had these differences, and these are Arabic differences in terms of the different language. And no doubt that there is, that Allah Azza wa Jalla, when he uses these different words, is because each one of these words has an added meaning, has an added meaning that the other words don't possess. Right? And that's something which is very common in the Arabic language. And this is a discussion that we mentioned briefly, we touched upon it for those of you that attended uh, the Islam course that we did a couple of months back when we did the work of uh, Ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah ta'ala, his introduction to the principles of tafsir. You have this debate among some of the scholars as to whether words in the Quran, if they have similar meanings, whether there's any difference or whether they're interchangeable. And the correct position is that they're not interchangeable, that Allah Azza wa Jalla uses different words to describe the same thing for a reason, there's always a reason. And sometimes when Allah changes the order, like for example in the verse in the Quran when Allah speaks generally about the, the story of, for example, Musa and Harun, when the angels, when the, when the sorcerers come and they prostrate when they believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when they come to, to duel Musa and to bring their magic to duel with the, with, the, with, the, with the staff of Musa, but then they realize that this is not magical sorcery, this is from Allah Azza wa Jal. They fall into prostration. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that they say, Amanna bi Rabbil Alameen. We believe in Allah, the Lord of all of the worlds. Rabbi Musa wa Harun. The Lord of Musa and Harun. That is always the case. Musa is mentioned first, Harun mentioned second, except in Surah Taha. They say, Rabbi Harun wa Musa. We believe in Harun and Musa. And the scholars will ask then, why in that verse does it change in that order? And there's different reasons for it, but that's like just as an example. Some of the scholars say there's no difference. There's a, it's not a difference at all. There's no reason why. But no, the correct, the stronger position is that there is always a difference. Allah always adds something or there's a, a word that's added. And sometimes it can be as simple as a letter or a word. Like for example, in the final passage of Surah Al-Zumar, when Allah is referring to the opening of the gates of Jahannam and the gates of Jannah for those people, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Futihat abwabuha for one, wa futihat abwabuha for the other. For the people of Jahannam, futihat abwabuha. But when it comes to the people of Jannah and paradise, Allah Azza wa adds the waw, 
It's just one letter that's added or one word that's added because the word wow means and but in Arabic language it's also a letter. So it's just one small little addition. And so there's always a reason as to why. So no doubt there's a difference between the level of opening and how much it's opened and so on and so forth. And this is something which you will find often in the Quran. For those of you that are interested in, in, this, in this particular aspect of tafsir, if you go back to those books that discuss the Arabic language, Ibn Ashur often does this, Ibn Atiyah sometimes, but Abu Hayyan, for example, would do this in his tafsir, those scholars that focus on the Arabic language, they will often look at these, at these, uh, at these differences. And you will, you will see this in, 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 uh, in, uh, in, in many verses of the Quran. Like for example, in, in the story of Musa salam, going back to that story, when Musa salam, is told when Bani Israel have left now Egypt after the, the destruction of Pharaoh, and they're thirsty and they're hungry. And so Musa salam, is told to take his staff and strike it on the rock. And from it will come out the 12 springs for Bani Israel. Allah says, They will come out from it 12 springs. And Allah uses the word infijar, the one that we have in Surah Infijar. Uh, infijar in, 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 in is used as one. And in the other verse, فَمْبَجَسَتْ Imbijas is used. And there's a difference because imbajasat means the first trickle of water that comes out, whereas infijar means an explosion of water. And so when he first struck it, it started to come out, but in a small way. And then the pressure built until it became 12 springs as Allah commanded that it should be. So there's always a difference in the Arabic language, but that requires a certain amount of, of study and so on. So likewise here, uh, some of the scholars said that the word inshiqaq is referring to many rippings, right? Many doors opening, many rips that are opening, many, uh, many openings or many rips that you will find within the heavens and infijar is just an opening mass opening in many different ways in many different directions and the word furja refers to the beginning of the opening the beginning of the opening and Allah knows best however Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also uses the word in shiqaq to describe uh, the sign of yawm al-qiyamah when the when the heavens will be rent asunder when they will be opened up Allah uses this uh, to describe it in a number of other surahs also so for example in Surah Al-Rahman, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَإِذَا شَقَّتِ السَّمَاءُ فَكَانَتْ وَرُدَّةً كَالْدِّهَانِ And when the heavens are rent asunder, and there will be redness like a dihan, uh, like, uh, like oil or, or, or something similar to that, meaning that there will be a redness in the sky as if red oil or, or, or red type of oil, because a dohan is an oil, كَالْدِّهَانِ as if a red oil has been placed therein, meaning that that will be the color that will remain as uh, as uh, the, the, the heavens are rent asunder, as Allah Azza mentions in Surah Al-Rahman. And similar to it is the verse in Surah Al-Haqa. Allah Azza wa says, وَانْشَقَّتِ السَّمَاءُ فَهِيَ يَوْمَ إِذٍ And on that day, the heavens will be rent asunder, will be ripped apart, and it will be, they will be, it will be weak, meaning that it will be under the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It will be under the command of Allah azza wa jal. And so therefore you find that the word inshiqaq is used in a number of places in the Quran, not only in Surah Al-Inshiqaq, Surah Al-Rahman, Surah Al-Haqa, as well as other words that are described. And so this is one of the most common 
um, one of the most common uh, examples of what will take place or one of the most common things that Allah mentions in the Quran of taking place on Yawm Al-Qiyamah and that is how the heavens will change the heavens itself and that which Allah has placed uh, in the heavens as well from the sun and the moon and the stars and that's why Ibn Atiyah also mentioned the position of, of a number of the scholars in terms of what it means in Shikak, why is it going to be rent asunder? He mentions the position of some of them saying that it is the Ghamam, and he says that this was also the position chosen by some of the scholars of the Arabic language that did tafsir, such as the Jaj and Al Farra. They also said that it's to do with the Ghamam, the clouds. Others said no, that it will be because of the descent of the angels, so it will be opened up like the gateways and the doors of the heavens will be opened for the descent of the angels that they will come on that day and Ibn Ashur uh, ta'ala also mentioned this in terms of uh, he also went into the difference in the Arabic language uh, in the difference of the Arabic language in terms of what it means the difference between infitar and inshiqaq and he says that in shiqaq is something which takes place at the beginning, or it takes place in a certain direction, that the Arabs say in shiqaq is for something which takes place in a certain direction as opposed to in fijar. And he says, and often you will find, and in shiqaq, he says, well, in shiqaq, that the in shiqaq is the infitar that Allah is referring to, meaning all of them are referring to one and the same event. It's just that they're being described at different stages of the event or the different ways in which the event will take place. And uh, he says, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, Ibn Ashur, that is, he says, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, and this is one of the ways in which Allah Azza wa will change the system of the universe on that day, meaning change the way things will be on Yawm Al Qiyamah. So Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala describes the heavens as being, as, as, as being rent asunder. And this will be one of the many things that takes place on Yawm Al Qiyamah. And that will show, number one, the power of Allah Azza wa over everything. Number two, it will signify the end, as we said, of this stage of existence. And that is the stage of the dunya. Because Allah will decree, or Allah has decreed, that everyone that passes beyond the stage of the dunya by death or through death can never return again. Anyone that passes through the stage of the dunya through death can never return again. That is the qada of Allah Azza wa Jalla and the qadr. And that's why Isa when Allah Azza wa Jalla spoke about him being lifted to the heavens, Allah said, وَمَا قَتَلُوهُ وَمَا صَلَبُوهُ وَلَكِنْ شُبِّهَرَمْ They didn't kill him. They didn't crucify him. Meaning, he's yet to die. So therefore, his return isn't outside of this, of this principle that we mentioned because he didn't pass away in the first place. And in that regard, the hadith, uh, hadith is mentioned, I believe in Sahih al-Bukhari, the hadith of Jabir, radiyallahu an. His father, the companion Abdullah ibn Haram, radiyallahu an from the companions of the Ansar. Uh, and that story, by the way, is a story that you should read. Jabir radiallahu anhu was a young man, uh, too young himself to go and, and face battle at the Battle of Uhud because of his age. And his father had no other male heir, meaning he had no other child, son, except him. But he had a number of daughters, and obviously he had a wife. And Jabir's father said to him, and it's a long story you will find, and then what takes place after the death and how he has to repay off the debts of his father, uh, he actually said to him that I think that I will be from those people that will die on the day of Uhud. So if I pass away, then look after your family, your sisters, 
and pay off my debts as well. Jabir radiallahu an died on that day. The father of Jabir radiallahu an, Jabir ibn Abdullah, his father's name is Abdullah ibn Haram radiallahu an. He passed away on the day he was martyred on the day of Uhud, along with those 70 odd other companions who were martyred on that day. Jabir radiallahu an says that I was crying. Because of my father, he passed away, I was crying. And uh, the Prophet wasallam said to me, O oh, oh Jabir, why do you cry? He said, O oh, Messenger of Allah, my father died alongside those who died fighting on this day. The Prophet said to him, O oh, Jabir, if only you could have seen how Allah spoke to your father. For Allah spoke to the others from behind a veil, but to your father he spoke without a veil, without a hijab. And he said to him, O oh, my servant, what do you wish for? What do you wish for? And so he said, I wish that I could go back and fight in your cause again, that I'd be martyred again. And so Allah Azza wa Jal, or, or, or rather he said, that I wish that I could go back to the dunya to tell the people that which I find now in terms of my reward. Meaning give them glad tidings, give cons- console my family, give them some, you know, that, that Allah Azza wa Jal is looking after me. You have nothing to fear, nothing to worry. Allah Azza wa Jal has favored me and so on. And so the hadith says that Allah Azza wa Jal said to him, were it not that I had decreed that those who die cannot go back, you would have gone back. But Allah decreed that you can't go back. And so therefore that's something which you will find in, in a number of a hadith, not only this hadith of Jabir radiallahu an. And so Allah Azza wa Jal, this will signify that that day, this, this dunya comes to an, to an end in terms of what we are familiar with in terms of the dunya, the way that it works and all of, its, all of the systems that Allah Azza wa Jal has placed within it. And that is why then when it changes, as we said, and goes into the next stage of Yawm Al-Qiyamah, many things alongside that change, including our own existence. Including our own existence, because Allah Azza wa Jal told us, for example, that the people of the of Jannah, uh, the Prophet Sallallahu told us, Father, that the people of Jannah, they don't need to relieve themselves, Akramakumullah. They don't need to, they don't, they don't have, uh, they don't need to clean their noses or blow their noses. They don't need to go to the bathroom. They don't, a number of those things that were weaknesses and deficiencies, or that had impurities within them, or things that people don't like, Allah Azza wa Jal, will remove it from them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will remove it from them. And so therefore, that existence changes. That's signified by a number of these things that will take place on Yawm Al-Qiyamah. This is the first of them. And so Allah Azza wa Jal says, إِذَا السَّمَاءٌ شَقَّتْ When the sky is ripped apart, as it must be by the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as we will see now, inshallah, next week when we come on to verse number two, that it is by Allah's command. Meaning that he will obey the command of Allah to do so. That just as Allah commanded it to be as it is now at this moment, then on that day Allah will command it to be in a different way and he will have no choice, no option except to obey the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He must do that which Allah commands it to do and so therefore it will open up, it will be rent asunder. And the, 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 the opening of the gates of the heavens is something which actually we find in the Sunnah also even now in the Hadith of Al-Bara ibn Azib radiallahu and the long Hadith about the soul of the believer and the soul of the disbeliever when they're extracted from the body, how they make that journey to the heavens for the believer, the gates of Jannah are open, or the gates of the heavens rather, are open. And likewise in the Hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's ascent in the Isra and Mi'raj when he was with Jibreel alayhi salam and he would come to the different gates of the heavens and he would request that it be open and the angel would say the gatekeeper who is this Jibreel who's with you Muhammad has he been sent yes he's been sent and then he would open up and welcome him and so the opening of the gates is something which is mentioned in different ways already within the sunnah but that is a different type of opening 
and it is not the opening that will change the heavens in the way that it will be on Yawm Al-Qiyamah. That is a different type of opening and that shows therefore Allah's power subhanahu wa ta'ala, His ability to do as He pleases, when He pleases, in the manner in which He pleases subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so inshallah ta'ala we will see uh, inshallah next week in the verses that we will cover how that continues and how Allah Azza wa Jal speaks about other things that will take place on Yawm Al-Qiyamah in terms of the changes that will take place on that day and also therefore what it means for humankind in terms of their actions, in terms of their deeds, in terms of their accounting. So with that, inshallah ta'ala, we're going to stop here and pause, ta'ala, and the next week, inshallah, we will continue. So jazakumullah khairan for attending, barakallahu feekum, wa sallallahu ala nabiya Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in, wa alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.